0: What's up, Doc?
1: Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Greetings and
2: salutations.
0: Hello, Bobby. Hello there. Heideley ho, neighborinos!
3: You are cleared to land on Ducky Bay 77, a podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello and welcome to Docking Bay 77. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and I forgot about the extra Wednesday in December, so I had to come up with something to talk about. And so I decided, well, let's kind of recap the year that was 2021 and come up with the top seven list of things we experienced that kind of really had an impact on our life. So, do that i have invited a whole lot of my friends on to talk about it so here we go in alphabetical order we have amber lewis back from the west side story episode hi amber hi Dayton. good to have you on all right we have brad cozo the co-host of the a film by podcast how's it going brad very well and happy holidays absolutely um also now we have uh another disney alum we have uh, i'm gonna call him disney john because we have two johns on so disney john how are you doing
2: i'm doing fantastic how about yourself
3: i'm good thank you all right now we're going over to the other john college uh college buddy and fellow beatles fan uh john wright how are you doing john
4: doing good greetings and salutations
3: (laughs) (laughs) wonderful all right and last but certainly not least Uh, Coming back again after the West Side Story episode, we have Robert Burnett.
5: How are you, Robert? I'm Holly Jolly. Thanks. (laughs)
3: Wonderful. All right. So the idea is we're going to go take turns. We're going to go from seven to one and talk about our uh, top seven, we'll say, pop culture things that we got to experience over the last year. Um, As I informed them before, it doesn't necessarily have to be from this year, um, but something we definitely experienced for the first time this year. So. To keep it alphabetical order and make it easier on me to keep track, Amber, you get to go first. So, Amber, what is your number seven?
0: Um, My number seven is probably something that none of you have ever heard of unless you have young children. Um, I nanny for a couple of kids in the summer, and uh, they love this show called The Barbarian and the Troll. sounds fun already Nickelodeon and it is the most hysterical thing I've ever seen it is um a Muppet style show (laughs) and um it's you know this barbarian and she's going around and fighting you know wizards and dragons and it's completely hysterical um (laughs) in the way that only a Muppet show can be so uh well cool. That was my my number seven. <laughs> That's uh cool. I'm
3: excited already. Now I have to get, you know, go watch Nickelodeon again.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> again. Yeah. Again. Yes. As if I ever really <laughs> stopped. Yes, true. All right. Cool. That was a good one. All right. Brad, what was your number seven?
1: Uh I'll I'll stick with uh number seven being um a television show that I actually have gotten into from the very beginning. It was a show that's still going on at the moment on Paramount plus. Cause everybody has been telling me about Yellowstone and I, oh, I am one of those people that haven't gotten on it, but I have started it, but I started to just know that name, Taylor Sheridan around. And I saw that he had a new show on Paramount plus called mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Right. And I decided to check it out. And I have to say so far, it is a stellar show. I mean, the direction the theme of the show the the corruption that jeremy renner's character who you doesn't even really have a job title he just works with criminals and cops to just get messes cleaned up basically and it's very hardcore very dark um raw and i think it's i mean i've am enjoying it more than yellowstone at the time but uh for our listeners um i've reached just just started yellowstone so i'm not (laughs) finished with it. but mayor of kingstown is definitely my number seven pick of a show that you should be watching right away because it's a stellar first season so far
3: all right well disney john keeps shaking his head so i think he's familiar with it
2: (laughs) yeah my wife and i watch it well then the craziest part is is that while there's all this corruption around him he takes no money for any of it it's just him keeping the peace in this town It's, it's, it's so bizarre (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. and, and Jeremy runner is, I, I've really enjoyed him since, um, since the hurt locker. And I right. just find him very believable. He's he doesn't push anything that he says. And definitely in this kind of show, his attitude just, just works like, just like clockwork in the show. All right, cool. Good one.
3: All right. So, uh, my number seven
1: is a podcast
3: that I just started listening to. Oh, probably, uh, over the summer, um, I actually heard about it through another podcast that I listened to—the uh, Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. They mentioned it, and it's called the Infectious Groove podcast, and it's all about music. And I absolutely love this podcast. Um, you have Russ, Kyle, and Michelle; they're all best friends. Uh, Russ and Kyle are huge movie or huge music fans, and it's all about music. They talk about new artists, what are they listening to? They do uh, album reviews and. They are hilarious. The The chemistry between the three of them, I openly laugh out loud as I'm delivering mail to people. And it, it gives me new music to listen to. And by far, it is the best part of my Mondays. So I look forward to their new episode. And unfortunately, they're in the middle of a two-week break. So I'm kind of bummed out. So, <laughs> But uh, definitely check them out. Um, they hit all kinds of music genres, not just rock, which I kind of like because it opens up my ears to uh, new possibilities. So uh, my number seven is the Infectious, Infectious Groove podcast. So there you go. Nice. All right. So Disney, John, your number All seven. All right.
2: My number seven, um, I'm going to start with a TV show from Netflix. Um, and the only reason we didn't talk about it last time is because, well, just showed up. I finished <laughs> The Witcher this past week. And um, that's my number seven. Witcher is an uh, amazing TV show. Um, watched first season was fell in love and I played the video games. I don't know the comic book. So I played, um, played the video games and I'm watching this TV show with an open mind and it's been really good.
1: Yeah. I need to get back
3: to watching that.
1: I, so I haven't started. I've been seeing a lot of ads for it recently and it mm-hmm. looks, it looks really enticing this season. I didn't watch the first season, but it's, it's making me want to give it a chance. And I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. The only it. reason
0: why I didn't put it on my list is I haven't gotten to season two yet but Uh, i loved season one and i love the books so Mm -hmm. cool but i haven't played the games
2: yeah that's how i know it is by the games and then i found out there were books i was like oh god now i gotta go find the books (laughs) to read. like uh. well of
3: course it's like a rabbit hole you know it is
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm. my wife's been playing the game and so we'll eventually get around to watching that
0: i see
3: i'm not sure if i want to start with the game uh or if i want to start with the books because like i said we watched about the first half of the first season and we liked it and then you know life happens and gets in the way. And so we'll get back to it so we can get to season two. So cool. All right. All right. So here we go. We have the other John, John, Wright. What is your number seven?
4: Let's start out with something a little different for me. It's a show from Hulu um, called dope sick. Oh yeah. Featuring Michael Keaton and Rosario Dawson. And it's an eight episode limited series, all dealing with the opioid crisis and how it began and how Purdue Pharma basically bilked everyone into believing that you know Oxycotton was not addictive and the <laughs> havoc they've reached, they've just wreaked on the world. It is such a good show. Um, very very seldom do we binge a show like more than an episode at a time. This one we would just dive into it as hardcore as we could. I think we we stayed up. That was the one show. The day it dropped was the day we watched it. Normally we watch stuff like a day or two after it come out, but this one was really good.
3: Yeah. I've, I've been seeing the commercials for that. And I definitely want to check that one out, especially with that kind of cast.
4: Yeah, Michael Keaton is on
1: fire right oh, now. Oh, He's
4: so good in that show.
1: I mean, he is just at, at his like a game right now in Hollywood. He is just, just rocking it all over the place.
3: Yeah. He's it's, it's amazing what, a you know, because he was basically, you know, a 80s and early 90s comedic actor, slightly turning dramatic. And then he kind of went away for a little while. But, man, he's really come back. Yeah. Really come back over the last decade or so. So cool. All right. Thank you, John.
5: Hey, Robert, what is your number seven? My number seven is a book, a young adult book called The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S. As Told to His Brother, Uh, by an author named David Levithan, who's written a bunch of books. Um, And it's kind of like a reverse Narnia, but but much darker, where it starts off average American kids, two brothers, mom and dad, and one of the boys disappears for several days. Family goes into a panic. You think it's going to be a book about abduction or trafficking or something. The, The younger boy comes back, he says he's been in this magical world that was inside the closet. <laughs> um, everyone thinks he's nuts. There's there's a bunch of stuff. But his brothers start to believe him. And I don't really want to talk a lot more about okay. where the book goes or what it's about, but it's really interesting. It's really ambiguous. And because the brother uh is not Aiden S who disappears, but the brother is the narrator you can start seeing that maybe he's not telling the whole story either. And so oh, there's yeah. all these fun layers of, is it a fairy tale? Is it psychotic? Is it scary? It, 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 it's really terrific. I read it in one sitting and um, huh. uh, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who likes really interesting, exciting um, kids' books or young adult books. Oh man, that sounds very interesting. No, we have to yes, add that I'm to my list. really
0: intrigued by that one. I
5: know, right? You would love it, Amber. It's right up your alley. Very, very cool.
0: Yeah. Right. I just was writing it down so that I wouldn't forget. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, Amber, you ready for your number six? I am. Um, my number six and I, I, this list isn't a great, you know, in order kind of list. Cause I really struggled with where to put what, uh, but my next item is uh, the Beatles get back documentary. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> that we watched over three nights and it was really hard to turn it off and only watch one episode a night. Um, and we just love the Beatles in our house. And, um, you know, Paul McCartney has always been my favorite, <laughs> but then you, as you watch it, they all kind of become your favorite. Right. Um, for Did different you know reasons. Well? And to watch, Paul McCartney, just sit down and start playing around and just create, get back right there as you watch him do it. Is
4: Yeah. In like 10 minutes.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, just breathtaking. I just thought Peter Jackson did an amazing job.
1: Yeah. yeah cause,
3: cause that was a lot of footage for him to go through to piece that together. A lot yes. of
1: footage. My wife and I really loved it and we recommended it to a few people and they they were, they they couldn't they couldn't do it. They, they just said, Oh, I turned it off. As It was like, it is not for um, a Beatles novice. It is no. like, you have to really, really like the Beatles and have some kind of knowledge on it to, to enjoy it. But yeah. if you are, you will really enjoy it. Yeah. I, as much as, as awesome as the music is and hearing the,
3: how they put things together. I love the discussions they have.
1: You know, yeah. you know, just trying to mm-hmm. work
3: out what they're going to do, how they're going to do the you know things, and you know, and how they are discussing the upcoming show. Hey, should we do some old stuff too? And I really like that part of it because you kind of get a, a sense of where they were in their in their heads and um and and the weight that was on their shoulders at that
1: point too. So. Yes, and why did she have to be right there? I know. I know, right no, but the you hair. know <laughs> what?
0: I feel like she is a hundred percent vindicated because those four little brats broke themselves up all on their own and all she did was sit there and roll joints and <laughs> do her knitting like i don't know i think i think you re- need to re-listen like, to why the why she album? sitting on his lap <laughs> yeah. the whole time like it made me uncomfortable but like yoko is now responsible for that mess
3: well <laughs> she didn't help she didn't help. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. She no, didn't
0: help. the awkwardness did not help. I agree. I agree.
4: I just love in the first, what is it, the first episode when McCartney comes into the studio and he looks at her and she's sitting in her chair. You get to see he's got this look like, why the hell is she in my chair? <laughs> when he,
1: when he, when Paul called Linda Yoko and she shot him that look <laughs> of, don't oh you
2: my ever, is ever
1: call me that again.
2: <laughs> oh that's amazing. that was
1: great that's amazing
3: so all right well i don't know how i can follow that up but i'm gonna try um so uh this is my one and only uh book on my list and i just started reading it it's actually um, a series of books that started in 2014 and it's called uh the first book's called red rising and it's about uh, from uh, pierce uh, brown now i was recommended this book by a guy i work with And I didn't get around to it. Uh, Stonemeyer games put out a board game based on it because uh, he loves the books as well. So now I'm like, okay, I found it on audible. I need something to listen to at work. And I was hooked with the first book and I've now been through three of them um, in just over a month. And each one is like 20 hours long. Um, The short of it is it takes place over 700 years after mankind moves to the other planets and the wealthiest have created a colors system where the reds are the lowest. They're basically the, the ants they're the workers. and they have like, they live in poverty, but they do all the hard work and the golds are at the top. And in between you have all different colors, like yellow and blue, whatever. And every color has an assigned task that that's only thing they're allowed to do. And Darrow, the main character, his wife is executed for singing a song that's illegal, and then he gets pulled into uh, a group of, quote-unquote, terrorists that are trying to bring down the system from the inside. So he has to go through this massive change, physical change, and emotional change, and educational change to infiltrate. And it has action, it has humor, it has politics, it has intrigue, and oh my God, I cannot stop listening to these books they mm-hmm. are wonderful absolutely wonderful so red rising series from uh pierce brown that's my number six uh
1: you completely skipped me
3: i sure did Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and because i did he was excited
1: and because of that i get an honorable mention in my next <laughs> so.
3: okay brad oh, your God. turn go ahead okay
1: so number <laughs> my number six uh is music as well um it's very spot on me obviously well, but just timing happened to do um wolfgang van halen's album uh man of yes. wvh uh i think it's a solid stellar hardcore hard rock album yeah um i got the fortune to see them open for guns and roses back in september um and i thought they sounded great i mean he's he's a rocker just like his dad and i was recently listening to it just right before we uh came on and I just kind of noticed how you could hear every instrument. The fact that he played every instrument on the album, but you can hear it all in the mix. And I would love to have him go and remaster the Sammy Hagar uh, era albums. Yes. Because they're the one albums that have never gotten a remaster, but that's my pick. But speaking of remasters honorable mentions physical media <laughs> like mr dayton likes as well absolutely um it was a 30-year anniversary for a lot of albums this year and one of my favorites from 91 was metallica black album mm. one of the first cds i ever bought and i finally got it replaced this year <laughs> with a remastered i just got i mean i can't afford like you know the 200 box set but a nice three disc remastered with some some uh demo tracks and some live tracks is all I need. And yeah, very thankful to finally get that after 30 years. Yeah.
3: I actually still my, still own my original CD that I bought the day that album came yeah. out.
1: So that's yeah. the
3: only one I had. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to buy the remastered new one because it's, I don't feel that that album has aged as well as a lot of their other stuff, but that's a conversation for another day.
2: Yeah. So, yeah definitely.
3: <laughs> but as far as the uh, Wolfgang album, um, I didn't, really listen to it at first but in recent weeks i've been giving it a hard listen and the fact that he played all the instruments on the record really blew me away it's a it is a solid debut and a solid rock and roll album for sure for sure so all right so since i already went out of turn whoops um disney (laughs) Disney john it's your turn
2: all right um so number six for me is going to be a podcast um I changed my number six because I forgot that we could do podcasts. And this <laughs> if I were to rank my podcast, this would be the number one podcast that I listen to. <laughs> it is called Dungeons and Daddies, not a BDSM podcast.
3: Oh, I've um, heard of that.
2: I've heard of I, that. I can't recommend it enough. It's um it is a quote unquote actual play D D podcast, but they're all very popular in their own right in the world. Um, Freddie Wong is one of the producers of it who did um he had his own YouTube channel for a while. Um, uh, Matt Arnold and Will, oh, I forget his last name. Um, they worked on uh, VH uh, uh, video game high school um, okay. when that was on. So um, I, I started listening to it and it is, I mean, there are times I have to pull my car over um, because I am laughing so hard that I will wreck my car. <laughs> I mean, like tears are streaming down my face. I am laughing so much. Um, it, it is one of the first podcasts that I've ever given money to. So I am a Patreon of their podcast. It's the first time I've ever given money for something like that. And I have not regretted it. In fact, I upped it once already um, because I like their podcast so much. I can't recommend it enough. In Very fact, cool. they're getting ready for season two. Like, Pretty So cool. I am can't wait.
1: We can get money from people. Yeah, Patreon, baby. <laughs> Patreon. It's
3: amazing. No, don't, I have no don't, idea. don't act stupid. I know, Brad. I know. <laughs> I really know better than that. I'm not I'm not buying that. <laughs> All right. John Wright. What's yours? What's your number six?
4: In keeping with this, this these selections have had a lot of music in it. I am going to recommend um McCartney 321 on Hulu. Oh, okay. Um, it's a great lead in to get back, um, but it's a little bit different based on the fact it's basically Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin sitting down and dissecting some of the Beatles and Paul McCartney's solo work, some of their greatest hits. They Very play cool. with them, they play with the mixes, um, they uncover stuff hidden in tracks that you would have never heard before. Um, you get an insight into the songwriting process and how Paul thinks and how he cannot read or write music, huh. but you can set an instrument in front of this man and give him a day and he'll figure it out how to play it and he'll be a master right. of it. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's different from Get Back um, in the aspect that it's so co- it focuses solely on him. But it is a very interesting, and for like music nerds and people that love to hear alternate takes of stuff, it's it's highly recommended.
3: And it's all about Paul, so I think Amber might want to watch this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's definitely on my list. Awesome.
3: All right. Yeah, I know you mentioned that one during uh, the White Album episode, and I, haven't, yeah. I got a, I haven't got a chance to see that either. So
4: well, I I wanted to mention Get Back, but I'm only one episode into it, so I can't. I mean, it's worth mentioning again, but I'm not, I've not <laughs> finished it yet only because they, they're two and a half hours long. I guess what I heard was Peter Jackson originally wanted to add like a two hour bonus feature to the Blu-ray and Disney said, no, it's long enough. So he went back and re-edited it and just crammed the footage back into the release. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well,
3: there was definitely a lot of footage to go through and, and I'm, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he did it. Cause I've only watched half of the first episode so far and it's, mm. it's already wonderful. So. Cool. All right.
5: So, Robert, your number six. My number six is a movie, and maybe no surprise, it is West Side Story. Okay, uh, It was a surprise to me. I I went in kind of skeptical, uh, but it yeah, I can't wait to hear what you thought. Absolutely won me over. It was the first time I've ever actually felt really uh, in invested in the story, uh, it, which was kind of amazing because I've seen the play a bunch of times. I've you know seen the movie, of course. I really felt invested straight through. Um the performances were all excellent. Um, Rita Moreno is amazing. Um, I thought when she was cast, it was just kind of a great publicity angle thing. And she actually has a really a new part, a new role that is really fantastic and and anchors the film in a lot of ways. Um, you would enjoy it, Dayton. You would probably stay awake the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, they brought up the, the dialogue by Kushner that's that is new, is makes it very relevant still to a lot of what's going on in this country, but it's not heavy-handed. It it sounds like the kind of conversations these people would have, which was great. Um, and uh so overall I just thought it was great. Spielberg did make it a little pretty sometimes in between the bloodshed. <laughs> uh, but, but less than I thought. It wasn't quite as, as sparkly as his, his you know, 80s movies were. So right. um, all in all, I would definitely recommend it to pretty much anybody who likes movies. And certainly if you like movie musicals.
1: Awesome.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I was curious how you felt about the,
1: how you that's, felt that's about the first movie. review I've heard of it. I haven't, I haven't read or heard any of the reviews. That's the first review. Very cool. Okay. I haven't stayed away from that. I, I
5: don't of. like anything. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, that's why I'm you're doing, perfect you for this show. <laughs> <laughs>
5: All
0: right. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> All right. Uh, Amber, Amber, you're number five. Um, my number five is actually two things if that's okay. Oh, um, cheater. <laughs> well, here's what it's a book that I read, um, this year, but then it's a book that I rediscovered this year too. Okay. Um, that's kind of a recent thing. So I had to throw it on there. Um, First of all, the book that I read was fire cannot kill a dragon and it's uh, by James Hibbard and it's sort of the making of game of thrones. Oh, okay. And it's all the sort of behind the scenes and why they made the choices that they made and um, how it all sort of came to pass and You know, and also what everybody thinks about it. You know, what George R.R. Martin thinks of the show and, um, you know, how the cast felt about it, um, you know, with a little bit of hindsight. Um, And I just thought it was a really fascinating read, especially if you, like I did, loved the show, but were kind of ambivalent about the ending. I didn't hate it as much as some people did. um, Because I tend to just kind of, well, that's, what they wrote. So I just accepted. <laughs> um, even though I was kind of like, what? Really? Yeah. Um <laughs> so, but this made me feel a little bit better about it because I understood their thought process. Um so I thought it was a a really interesting read. But then my other book that I've kind of rediscovered is um It by Stephen King, oh, which so I have <laughs> read probably 50 times. Like I practically have it memorized it's just one of my favorites but i my brother sent me the audio book by Stephen weber oh, okay. and he reads it so well that it's like i've never heard it before like i'm listening to it in the car and like terrified and i don't want to get out of the car when i get home because as soon as it happens
3: because <laughs> there's a storm drain with a balloon my door <laughs>
0: So, um, I, it was just such a pleasure to rediscover something that is so familiar, um, in such a completely different way. Right. So I had to, had, had to kind of sneak that one on there.
3: Oh, that's quite all right. That's okay. That's okay. And I know, John, you're a huge fan of that book. So I know you told me a story, you read it like over a weekend when you're homesick. sick.
4: Oh, that was, that was the stand that I did. Oh, there.
3: that's right. The stand. That's right.
4: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it was probably an, another couple day read for me.
3: <laughs> I tried reading that book, and I got through the first a like, couple hundred pages. I set it down, came back to it a month later. I'd forgotten everything I read already. I was like,
1: "Oh, screw it! I'll come back to I it did another the time." Exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I did the exact <laughs> well, same thing.
0: try this audio book because it's really, really amazing. All right, I it will. It is find a
4: really that. good recording of it. It really I will is find that.
1: very cool. All right, all right. Thank you, Amber. All right, Brad. You're all number right. five. Well, like Amber, I have two books as well. Oh, geez, um, guys. <laughs> um, my first one is, I guess, strictly for Kiss fans. If you're a Kiss fan, it is called Take It Off. Uh, kiss Truly Unmasked. This is all about. not read that yet. <laughs> all about non-makeup Kiss years. The kind of forgotten and overlooked Kiss years that did actually produce some good music. And it's got... Interviews with journalists, with members of the band, lots of stuff with one of the most forgotten players of KISS, Bruce Kulik. So there's a lot right. of Bruce Kulik in there. Um, if you like Eric Carr, which I know a lot of fans of KISS do, lots Absolutely. about Eric Carr in there. So it's a really good read. If you are a KISS fan, finally gets a little bit of love for, uh, for the 80s, early 90s KISS. And then my other book um, is one that I was really wanting to read as soon as it came out was Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Paperback. Now, I wasn't a big fan of the movie when I first saw it. but I couldn't get it out of my head. And I saw it again. Oh, Barry,
0: that's one of the best movies. Oh,
1: <laughs> and, oh my God. Oh, well, that's the thing. The second time I watched it, I, I really enjoyed it more. And the first time I watched it, I was in like the front row and it was just a very uncomfortable experience. Yeah and i really enjoyed it but i really felt there there should have been more and it should more and then when he finally said that this is going to kind of not be a retelling of the but about some of the characters and it makes the movie so much better because you know all about these characters and why they do the things they do and a lot of stuff makes a lot more sense and puts a lot of other things in uh, you know, in perspective. So yeah, Quentin Tarantino's uh, paperback Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely uh must-have
0: of this right. year. Oh, I'm excited.
3: <laughs> now, I have yet to actually watch the movie and I'm very ashamed that I haven't gotten there yet. <gasps> I know it's an undertaking because it's long. And I know that um, I'm expecting good things because I've been a fan of, I wasn't a huge fan of the Hateful Eight But I loved Inglorious Bastards, you know, and I loved uh, Django Unchained. So I'm kind of hoping this feels more like those as opposed to the Hateful Eight. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, it's a it's a time period of filmmaking that I'm a huge fan of. So it's got that going for it too. So, Mm. all right, very cool. Okay, so my number five is my first of uh, my music choices. those that know me pretty well know I've been a fan of Tori Amos since her very first album, Little Earthquakes. I've actually owned that particular record five different times. Um, that's a whole other discussion. Uh, and she had some really good stuff in the 90s. And then she kind of got a little weird there in the 2000s. And uh, in October, no, sorry, November, she released Ocean to Ocean um, it is her, I mean, uh, her 16th studio album. And it is so damn good. I mean, from the first track all the way through, there is not a bad song on the record. She spent the whole pandemic writing new songs and recorded it. And when it came out, I was thrilled. I'm waiting to get the vinyl that comes out in January um, because in my mind, it is vinyl worthy. I'm super excited to pick it up. Um, I've been streaming it because that's the only way I can do it right now because I don't want to buy the CD. Um, I'm just going to wait for the vinyl, but it's wonderful. It sounds so much like her earlier stuff. But uh, still very current, it's wonderful. She sounds amazing. So, Ocean to Ocean by Tori Amos is my number five.
2: Nice, good choice! You're right. All right, uh, all right, yes, well, Disney John.
0: Well, Disney John's
2: gonna go with a Disney movie this time around. Um, I got to see it this year, um, Jungle Cruise. Um, I love The Rock and I love the Jungle Cruise. I mean, I worked in AdLib when I was down at Disney and it was one of the rides I could have potentially hosted for. So I love the Jungle Cruise. I love everything about it. Um, I love the ride. I love the terrible jokes. Like, I mean, it's so (laughs) full of terrible jokes. And the whole homage they do at the very beginning of it was it was so worthy of Disney. It wasn't, it was heavy handed, but not, it was funny, but not. And then they stopped. It was just, they didn't carry it on. It wasn't, they didn't over overstay the welcome with the, with the bad jokes. And it was phenomenal. I, and it was just a fun watch. I like the rock. So I watch almost everything that he's in.
3: Well, and of course you have Emily Blunt in there too. Oh yeah, so,
2: absolutely. And,
0: you know. and their chemistry was amazing.
2: Yes. Very yeah. good. I just, such a fun movie.
3: We, had, we attempted to watch it on Disney Plus when it first dropped, but um, fortunately, at that current time, our Disney Plus was acting up, <laughs> so oh, no. we had, we reinstalled it and did all kinds of funny things, and we still haven't gotten around to watching it yet, but I'm, I'm still super excited to see it, because I have heard a lot of good things about it.
2: So worth it. Awesome. All right.
3: Thank you, Disney John. All right. John Wright, what is your number five?
4: Number five, I think I'm going to call an audible and go for something <laughs> I didn't have on my list. <laughs> you go right ahead. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh. oh.
0: Yes.
4: This, this was such a departure for Marvel in the fact that I, I mentioned it to my wife, and you know me, I'm a huge comic book nerd. Yes, you are. Um, I'm proud of it, too. Wa- I, I, Yes, I am. <laughs> um, in watching this, if they did not make references to some of the earlier movies and some of the more predominant characters within that universe... I would have had no clue that this was a Marvel superhero movie. Nice. Nice. Um it but the the performances are great. The humor is great. The fact that it's, you know, Marvel constantly reinvents themselves with every movie. Um just I I did not get to see it in the theaters. I had to wait for it to hit Disney Plus. Um but it was so well worth the wait and it definitely needs to be viewed if couple dozen more times about myself
3: yeah i i think it surprised a lot of people because a lot of people didn't yeah. know what to think of it because i even i saw the preview i thought well that looks really cool but i have no idea who this character is <laughs> so right. it was you know and i know initially uh mandy and Torrance weren't all that up for it but then once it came out their attitude changed and no we still haven't watched it yet but it's i i desperately want to see it so um, I'm super excited about it. And I've heard a lot of good things. So I'm glad you put that on your list, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robert, it's your turn,
5: Robert. Number five. Well, John, first, I wish Disney, John, I wish I had thought of Jungle Cruise. That was great. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to come out like two years ago. I couldn't even yep. remember what year I saw it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, good. It was great. I've seen it like three times. Anywho, uh, my number five though, uh, now is uh <laughs> tv show uh the premise on uh hulu okay uh, it's it's written by uh bj nowak from the office and a bunch <laughs> of other things um he was a writer on that show and he was also on the show um it, it's my number five in part because it has five episodes and i've watched them all i think about five times each <laughs> only about half hour long they're really fast paced really dense through each standalones and they're kind of like a comic Twilight Zone meets um, current events. Uh, they, oh, okay. they, they, they pick one topic. Uh, the first episode is called Social Justice Sex tape. Um, they, they take they pick it. one topic and they, well the last episode is called Butt plug and I won't tell you why. anyway. But anyway, um, but anyway um, they're standalone episodes. They um, uh, are, are present different sides, sometimes two or three different points of view on a current <laughs> event or topic but they're so smart and so fast paced you're like oh you are so right wait no i don't agree with that at all and then something else has been said it's one reason why i watch them more than once they're, they're very dense and very clever and funny and they have a great cast john birthnall is in in one uh ben platt is in one daniel day kim from lost who doesn't work enough he's in one <laughs> uh, ed asner's last on-camera appearance is in one of the episodes oh wow you see lou grant at 112 or whatever he is, but a really <laughs> fun show, half hour episodes, thought provoking, but also really very funny as well.
3: Oh, wonderful choice, Robert. Wonderful. That's awesome. i have to check that one out. Very cool. Add that one to the list too. Okay. That just makes another 155 different things I have to watch in the, yeah. next
5: okay. <laughs> right, Amber, the next year. Okay. All right. We'll meet up again next year and all compare notes on what we right. want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good idea. Good
0: idea. All right, Amber, we're back around to you again. Your number four. Uh my number four is uh Promising Young Woman. Oh, that is so You're good. Great movie. God. Which that I think should movie. just be required viewing. Uh yes. for all young men. I mean men in general, but all young men for sure. Um I made my son sit down and watch it. It made him very uncomfortable, but um and it, it should. It absolutely should make it. It should be shown at school. Yes. yes. It's yes. so damn absolutely. good. Um, Carrie Mulligan plays a young woman who is, um, avenging the, uh, um, best friends committing suicide. Right. Um, and her performance is just spectacular. Um, it was written really well, directed really well. I mean, just, it was absolutely a powerful, powerful movie.
3: Yeah. And honestly, I have never really been a fan of her too much. Um, Me neither I I liked her in Drive But not a whole lot of other stuff But man She absolutely ruled that screen Every single scene She was amazing Absolutely amazing And it's so, so good It really makes an impression on you In all kinds of different ways All kinds of different ways So that's a spectacular choice Wonderful All right Brad, can you follow that one up?
1: Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, because that was actually came very close to being on my list. Actually, Um, my next pick is actually um, uh, physical media, uh, a Blu-ray. This movie has gotten a lot of not attention, but a lot of notice from our podcast. It's actually not the one you thought, but (laughs) a movie that's kind of overlooked as being the one of the worst movies ever made. And that's uh, Michael Shimino's Heaven's Gate. And all right. um, I have the full on. Uh, two disc Blu-ray, you know, it's close to a four hour movie, but it is a beautifully shot. um, Very just well-directed. It is a long movie, but you have to be prepared for that. And I mean, the deer hunter is one of my favorite films. I love the deer hunter. I love the look of it. I love the, I love the pace of it. I love that slow pace of that sometimes for that kind of mood. And, you know, this movie is overlooked and I mean, it's on Martin Scorsese. He's like, and they say like, what are the, some of your top 10 favorite movies? He always throws out heaven's gate because wow. he thinks it's like just one of the best underrated masterpieces. So if you have the time and <laughs> you know, you want to actually invest in it, you know, it, it is not, I don't think it is the movie that ruined Hollywood, but if you see the theatrical version, which I have seen on streaming. Don't watch the theatrical version, but if you really want to give the movie a chance, check out the Criterion versions, uh, Michael Extramino's Heaven's Gate. It's actually a very good, beautifully told movie. Ah, crap. Now I have to watch that too. <sighs> put it on like a bucket list, you know? Like, right, I know. thing you I need know. to get to.
3: I know. Because yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about it. I remember when it came out, yeah. and um, obviously we discussed it on the Dance with Wolves episode, but it's... You know, it's always kind of been in the back of my head, and I just—I guess I just haven't sucked up enough fortitude to yeah. sit through
1: hour cut. When you just you hear about a movie that just just apparently just ruined the 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 best decade of films ever, and like, is it really that bad? Can somebody that made a movie so good make a movie so bad right afterwards? But anyway, it's one of those itches <laughs> I had to scratch.
5: I, got I think the real worst movie was probably Ishtar, right? I mean, yeah, I which I
1: which I heard, if you watch it now, is not that terrible of a movie. No, really. I don't like, I don't know. It could it, you know, I'm sure be it's still as funny now. I'm sure it's still bad.
5: I'm it's sure like, it's as funny now as it was, which was not yeah. at all, but, but I I okay. I'm not gonna revisit it, I'll take your word for it. <laughs>
3: all right wonderful okay so uh my number four is uh the only uh t- series I have um because it was only it was the only one I watched that was new this year uh, and it's a Netflix series uh sweet tooth and based on the comic of the same name uh, I, I I fell in love with this series the f- from the first episode and um, it takes place uh, after a, a plague uh, wipes out a good portion of the humans in uh, the country. And at the same time the plague starts, um, children start to be born half human and half animals. And they're kind of associated with the plague. And the story follows a little boy named Gus, who's half human and half deer. And it's it examines truly how awful human beings can be at the same time about how uh, wonderful they can be. Uh, It asks a lot of wonderful questions. Uh, The characters are very intriguing. Um, Like uh, you have have Sweet Tooth Gus and a big man that he meets who used to be a football player and then became kind of a enforcer for uh, the bad guys, basically the new government or whoever you want to call them. And then you have Bear, who is a teenage girl that they come across and they form this little family trying to get... Gus to find his mom, and it is every episode makes you want to watch the next one and makes you watch the next one. And there was only eight episodes, and I'm so jonesing for the next season. It, I just mm. I can't even wait. It's so so so
1: good, and uh, yeah. So sweet tooth. That's from the very favorite. island of Doctor Moreau. Ask no,
3: no because no. because the because island of Doctor Moreau is a horrible a lot of horrible animals taking trying to <laughs> destroy their creator this is more um sweet tooth you want to pick him up and hug him
2: Oh, yeah okay. yep. it, Gus it is really adorable.
3: Really, yeah, absolutely he's absolutely adorable well
2: um, and isn't it they, they allude to it in the very first episode that these that these children are supposedly the saviors of the race in some way
3: right right and because in it i love the uh the therapist that becomes the person that's creating the the, the sanctuary for the mm. half-breeds um and there's just so much going on. You have a doctor who, whose wife is has the plague, but he's managed to keep it away from taking her life. And he's trying to come up with a vaccine for it. And there's the guy that's kind of the head of the military now who's hunting down all the half-breeds. It's just – it's there's so much going on, and there's so many characters, and it just draws you in. And, man, do I love that show.
2: So there. It's a good one.
3: It is a good one. All right. Ah, Disney, John, you're number four. All
2: right. So not going Disney this time. I am going with Prime. They started a new show this year. I'm deep enough into it to feel comfortable about putting on my list and putting it this high. Um, Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan.
5: Oh,
2: you're It is (laughs) stunning. I, um, it is amazing. I read the books and I mean, I read these books several years ago. And I listened to them on audiobooks because I was traveling back and forth to work a lot. I made it through the entire summer, got through all the books. So I barely remember a lot of like the details that are coming out. So watching this now, I'm going like, oh, I think this character's name is this. Oh, yeah, cool. That's it. And, <laughs> and I think they changed some things around, but like they're telling the story. And I would be willing to say better than Robert Jordan, because Robert Jordan's a little long-winded, if you've ever read any of his things. Yeah, I, I listened to the first book, book and
0: man. Eight. <laughs> And it was like, forget it. If I have to hear about this bowl that changes the weather. Sweet Lord have mercy, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was the book
2: that they moved five feet. It was like a thousand pages and they literally moved five feet through the entire story. I was like, son of a booger, man, you got to move. So, so like the, so the, the, uh, the, the streaming story from, from, uh, from Prime is amazing. So I am like, I can't recommend it enough. It's very good. And if you're looking for something new, like. I mean, they've, they they do not have a lot of the same tropes. I mean, they got monsters um, they've got knights, and they've got magic users and, and that's, I mean, and that's it, man. Tell me a story, go. <laughs> so yeah. good.
3: I'm going to have to give that a try. Cause like I said, I, I listened to the first audiobook, and when it was over, I didn't go to the next one. Cause I, I felt like it took way too long to
4: get. Oh was going. yeah. We talked
2: about this. I I'm yeah. telling you like, this is uh, like, I'm deeper into it now. And it is, it is still good it's still compelling it's still telling me a story i mean i'm getting more out of it because i did i have read a lot of the books so but it is so good and it's compelling to keep you watching and going and and i'm watching it weekly like i'm i'm waiting yeah, for friday so i can watch the next all one.
0: 24 books oh, god.
2: oh my god he
0: is the one that was like you have to watch the show give it another chance because it does what the books could just couldn't yes. do he you know, they were too big and too unwieldy. And
2: yep. 100%. 24 books.
0: Oh my God. I think at least 24. Like it it's went on so long that the original author died Yep, and they brought in a new guy to finish it with his notes. Yeah. Uh, Sanderson, right? I think so. And my brother said that actually his books are a little better than. Yeah. That uh, would not
3: surprise me because I know Sanderson's work. So that would not surprise me a bit.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and so as soon as Sam, who is like the major fan, was like, this show does a great job and it condenses things in a way that yep.
2: just it makes, makes it a
0: better story.
2: It really does. So
0: yeah, good. I agree with you. 100%. My number four. Everybody watch it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Wright, you're number four.
4: Uh, this one. I had a hard time picking just one by this author. So it's, and I'm using the term author. Some people may not agree with it, but his name is, I'm going to butcher his last name. His name is James Tinian Fourth, And he's a comic book writer. And he's written some of the best books that have come out this year, including the new run on Superman in which Superman's son, John, has been labeled bisexual now. And they've have actually have representation within the superhero community which is a wonderful thing. Yep. But the books I am going to select from him both started last year, but I just really got into them this year. The first one is called Department of Truth. Okay. And it's through Image Comics. Basically, every conspiracy theory you ever heard in your life are true. Oh, Jesus! Oh, no. there, There is a government organization designed and their whole purpose is to quell these rumors to make sure that these rumors are not believed and the head of the organization is lee harvey oswald
3: oh that's amazing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's
5: uh, that's
4: wonderful it is like the anti x-files <laughs> um but it is so good there is a there is a there are references to QAnon to pizzagate to all of this stuff and it is done so underhandedly but within the context of the story and it is it is just it is just so good. Um the other book of his that I'm going to recommend and yes comic books are books. They
3: absolutely um,
4: are is a title called Something Is Killing the Children. This is done through Boom Studios, I believe. Um in it there is the main character named Erica Slaughter who is kind of like a more badass Buffy the Vampire Slayer sweet (laughs) Um, she works for an organization called the house of slaughter um the order of Saint George and their whole purpose is to kill monsters the thing about it is the adults cannot see the monsters only the kids can see the monsters people people within this group have the ability to see the monsters and throughout the course of the book they're up to 15 issues now you can get both of these books in trade. Sweet. Um, she starts to learn that the organization she works for is not exactly as, as they seem. Um, and the other cool thing about her is she has a demon-possessed stuffed animal.
3: <laughs> ah, yes. <Aren't> we all. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I did have one. <laughs>
4: um, Something is Killing the Children has just been optioned by Netflix to be a series, I believe. And I would Sweet. not... I would not be surprised if Department Truth does not follow too far behind.
3: Awesome. And we've seen Netflix a lot lately doing a lot more with uh, comic book source material. So that's mm, that's yeah. wonderful. Absolutely wonderful.
5: Cool. All right. Robert, you're number four. My number four. I'm going to jump over from Netflix to Disney Plus. Um, Mysterious Benedict Society. It's a limited run series. I was really excited because it is already... Up. They're going to do a sequel, a second series of it based on some children's books that are fantastic. I know Amber's read them. I've read the first couple. There's, I think, five now, maybe. But um, it is uh, a bunch about a bunch of really brainy, brainy, smart kids. Um, and normally things with kids I avoid in life and in <laughs> media. But, but I actually really enjoyed this. And um, one of the selling points for me is that Tony Hale is in it. Uh, I love him. And he is he plays two parts in this. uh, And he is amazing. Uh, And then the other part of it is really fun is it looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Ooh. Amazing use of like symmetry and color and all the the design for all the different locations, even the exteriors, are super, super stylized, which I think fits the storyline as well right um but uh really really fun really clever it's not a kid show although certainly children would enjoy it um but uh the humor and a lot of the supporting cast um the adults are going to enjoy a lot and so i i i watched that one pretty much straight through in a couple days um, which normally i don't like to binge but i just could not stop it was just one of those just one more just one more right uh, (laughs) thing and uh and and it was great
3: very cool yeah, I'd seen that one pop up but I didn't even know what the hell it was. So, now I now I definitely
0: want to watch it. Very cool. You're serious. <laughs> right? Right. Okay, Amber, we're back to you. Um, so my next on my list is um the on Disney Plus as well, the um MCU television series. Um, just collectively, I thought they were all amazing. <laughs> nice. um, Man, but nice. talk about Cheater. Yeah, yeah, no
4: kidding. She's not the only one. I had the exact same thing written
1: down on my list. <laughs> I don't think that's too bad. They're all one year, right? That's true. All the ones released this year, all in the MCU. Okay, yeah, all right, fine. I think, I think it works.
0: I'll let it be. I, I will narrow it down to specifically Loki was, of course, the best
1: oh yeah well
3: i disagree but okay i respectfully disagree <laughs> how, as well
0: how, how is the possible?
3: hey look torrance <laughs> that's her favorite character and she even said that 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 series was not her favorite so that's had what croaky
2: uh, they had croaky <laughs> in it right? i'm sorry
0: like come on
3: oh it's oh it's okay fine whatever <laughs>
0: but i just i was really pleasantly surprised um i could not have been less interested in either Wanda or Vision, let alone well, Vision. Um, and, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, whatever, you know, and then watched oh. the shows just out of curiosity. Now you're and, crushing my soul. Well, was <laughs> delighted and surprised. At least I gave it a shot and was willing to change my opinion. Right. Uh, and then, of course, was just waiting with bated breath for Loki and loved it so much so right. that's that's my next on on the list is the uh, the mcu's for a n- latest foray into television
1: all right all right i'll, I'll allow it
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right brad uh, uh
1: your, your next one my last physical media is um i don't know if i bought this movie if this movie i've bought the most or star wars i don't know which <laughs> one i bought the most um but it is the limited edition 4k true romance, oh, my favorite film of all time. God, I love that freaking movie. Um, I mean, I won't get into the movie itself because it's just great, but I mean, it's, it comes with a steel book. I mean, another book on top of it with three commentaries. It's got commentary by Alicia, um, I'm sorry, uh, Patricia Arquette right. and Christian um, Slater you got another one with Tony Scott and you got another one with just Quentin Tarantino. Wow. And you have like selected audio commentaries by like Brad Pitt does his scenes. Val Kimmer does his scenes. They just show those and they do commentary and Dennis Hopper on there too. So, wow. I mean, it's got a, it's got a poster for the apocalypse now ripoff coming home in a body bag, which actually <laughs> right? features on the cast um, Rick Dalton, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. So, yeah. So, that is my pick. Uh, Tony Scott's True Romance is, and there's like a great documentary about this uh, True Romance Fest that they do out here um, in Burbank, where I live at the uh, Safari uh, Motor Motel in Safari. Nice. So. Very cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a great freaking movie. I know, yeah. I know Tarantino didn't direct it, but I still consider it
3: a Tarantino movie and it's, yeah. it's the best yes. one. In the yeah. And I've so listened good. to
1: his commentary. I've listened to all three different versions and his is the most I'd say informative commentary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he does, he does a great um, a thing of telling you how he actually had his script written and how he wanted it shot. And I think it works. Right. I don't know if I'd want to see it, but if it was made like that and recut like that, I would at least watch it once. <laughs> gotcha. But, but give it an interesting, give it a, uh, give it a, give it a listen. Cool.
3: All right. Okay. So uh, back to me. Uh, my number three. Um, it was very difficult for me to uh, narrow down my movie choices uh, because I've only been to the theater three times this year, um, and that was with Black Widow, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Spider Man No Way Home. So uh one of those wasn't even in the running and it was, so it was a battle between afterlife and no way home and no way home won because oh my freaking god don't spoil it I'm not yeah. going to spoil anything <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not that person I I was laughing I was excited I cried that movie is as much as I love some of the other MCU movies this one is almost the best one in the bunch it that's is what so heard. damn i keep good. hearing
2: that
0: that was actually my number one on my list Woohoo!
3: <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to ruin it for you but man i, I mean right
0: it was so good so damn good so damn yeah, good so yeah i mean
4: jealous i haven't laughed, got to see it yet.
0: Fried, stood up and cheered
4: yeah yeah
0: it's, i mean yes. it was all the things
3: yes all the things indeed and that's that's all say because spoilers so there we yeah. go all
1: right so
3: uh disney john what is your number three
1: all
2: right so i am finally going to get to some physical media of my own yeah i am going over to board games now um (laughs) i uh so number three for me uh first time i played it was this year i bought it this year um it came out in 2020 um was nominated for spiel de jar last year didn't quite win but it was nominated um called Lost Ruins of Arnak by um yeah such a great game
3: it's a it's a perfect game absolutely perfect so
2: good it's a worker placement game it is uh, you're an archaeologist and you're going out to the lost ruins of Arnak on this island and you have to use your plane toe you have boots and planes to be able to move around the board it's just a phenomenal worker placement game i just love it so much
3: it's it's like it's like raiders of the lost ark in board game form
2: in a way yes 100 yeah. absolutely yeah. and yeah. The, the the uh the production of it is is well done it's not overproduced um the everything feels nice you've got those yes. those little tablets i mean it just was such a good game easy to play um it's about an I'd say an hour, hour and a half play time. Yes. So it's just like that perfect spot of time to play. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it.
3: And it was so, it was so perfect of a game. It was near impossible to get a copy of it. <laughs>
2: yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So damn good. So damn good. Thank you for adding a board game to the list. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> All right, John, Wright, Your turn. You're number three.
4: Uh, number three. is another Hulu show. As you can tell, we did a lot of binge watching this year. <laughs> um, only Murders in the Building. Oh, so
1: yeah. good! Well, that was hey. great. That was going to be an honorable mention, of <laughs> Robert, <mine. laughs>
4: That is, it is such a fun show. Yes, it is. Um, I have a friend at work. She had not watched any of it. And my wife and I were, had watched all of it. And I, I told her, I said, I am so jealous that you get to sit down and binge this from start <laughs> to finish. Yes. Because it deserves to be watched in a binge format. Mm-hmm. it is it is funny it is steve martin is great in it the last episode he had me rolling on the floor <laughs> um and the, the standout like some of the cameos in it, like jane lynch shows up mm-hmm. in it right she's like my favorite character in that whole flipping series and she's just a minor character that has really nothing to do with the plot but yeah but oh. she she
3: owned her scenes she yeah. owned. Oh, yeah
4: it was so good i'm so looking forward to season two
3: yeah, and I'm I'm not a big fan overall of Selena Gomez, but she actually impressed me. You don't have to No, like you, know, you like, don't have to
2: know,
3: You don't have to
1: be a fan of her to enjoy that. No. Enjoy yeah. her own. And I was yeah. like,
2: why is this young woman with these two old bastards? Because I was just like, <laughs> good Lord, what's going on? My wife was like, she had already started watching. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to start watching this. Yeah. It was amazing. So well and done.
4: Little, yeah, little Selena Gomez has a potty mouth. Yes, yes she, she does.
2: Yes, she does. <laughs> 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 oh, that's
5: just too funny. Now, Robert, did we spoil one of yours? You did, but you know it, it was that good. I'm glad. I'm glad more than one person picked it. Um, I liked it because you got to see the pros do what they do best. It was Martin yep. and it was Steve Martin in particular, but even Nathan Lane, Jane Lynch, they just came <sighs> out and they did what you want to see them do. And but it was in a format that was really different because it was a murder mystery, and I, I did not binge it. I actually kind of hate binging. I do it, but I hate myself afterwards. <laughs> because I I miss the old kind of communal thing of like waiting to see a show week over week because you right. think about it and you talk yep. about it. And I think about shows like, I don't know, like Bridgerton or um, Strange Things or whatever. And like, they're really exciting. And everyone in social media talks about them for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're lawn. Well, yeah. So, but, those, but those shows that we, we invest in week over week, you you I don't know. It's a different feeling. I, I watched it weekly when it first came out i did binge it the second time because one thing about mysteries i love whodunits and mysteries i always want to know if they play fair right, right. And this one is amazing not only is it really funny and entertaining has a great uh, bunch of uh, new york theater actors and cameos but it plays fair you, if you really want to sit down and try and figure out what happens and who did it and when and all that it's all right there it just you're laughing so hard you don't notice the first time around
1: Right, right. Greatest game of Scrabble ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. Oh, hey, yeah. and, hey, and dips are food. Yes, they are. They are. are food.
3: <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that's awesome. So, Robert, was that your number three as well? <laughs> that was my number three. Okay, well, hey. Cool. Oh, All I
4: right. did not mean to steal your thunder. No, that's a- <laughs> it,
3: was, it was worth being three twice. Right. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. All right.
0: Okay, so that means we're back to Amber, your number two. We're getting down to the thick that's- of it. Okay, well, so my my list got kind of blown up because we all like the same thing. <laughs> so I'm going to pull from a little side list that I made of, of other things that were just new to me, Okay, uh, which you said was part of the Absolutely. rules. Um, so when um, Stephen Sondheim died, um, I found out that he actually wrote a movie. Oh. And with he co-wrote it with anthony perkins it's called the last of sheila oh, okay i actually have heard of that it is this absolute bonkers crazy pants murder mystery um and it is spectacular and i got it i bought it on prime for like i don't know i think it was maybe five dollars right and it was the most delightful two hours of just like what the hell am i watching <laughs> And it was so funny and so clever and so good. So that one um, was definitely uh, new to me. Um, It's from like the seventies and, but it was delightful. It's it's got that
5: great love boat boat cast. It's got
0: got (laughs)
5: and Diane Cannon's in it and James Mason is in it. And uh, I mean, all, all these actors, you're like, oh yeah, I remember her. I remember him. Yeah. So um, they're all ridiculous. Yeah. Excellent choice.
3: <laughs> very cool you dug deep for that one amber awesome i i did <laughs> all right so uh my number two i what huh? oh brad uh, I uh, it again. oh my god <laughs> You <do> it again. <laughs>
1: what am i mirage
3: <laughs> <laughs> brad you're you're number two you're number two oh.
1: so um number two and number one are going to be uh movies just to forewarn you and like you i didn't go to the movies a lot You know, and so the stuff that I had to see were if they decided to stream it at the same time or just release it for only streaming is the only way I got to see it. got to see a few things, but I think I only went to the theater to see No Time to Die and Afterlife. Oh, my God, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually it. Uh, So my number two was a movie that was put on specifically for streaming. And finally got the dude that it deserved. And I know a lot of people didn't care for this, but I don't care. It's Zach Snyder's justice league. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, A stellar movie. I thought it was done with a great, eye, a kind of an R rated that adults needed. It didn't need to go like full on, like how the, like how the boys does. I really enjoyed the boys as a show, but it didn't need it. But it, it gave it a more mature and I've always been a a DC guy, you know, everyone's like a Marvel person, but I've always been a DC guy and I'm glad that this at least got it right. And what I think could have been, you know, a brighter future for that extended DCU universe. Right. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Affleck as Batman, um I thought the direction was great. I like Chris Terrio as a screenwriter. Um all, all the people that were in it. I mean, you have Christopher Nolan as a producer of this of these films. I mean, he's I mean a modern day genius in my opinion as a filmmaker. So, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty close, 100% yes.
0: agree. 100% yeah. agree.
1: But yeah, I I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is what we what we finally did deserve. I just I wish it would have gotten that theatrical release, you know, or at least been put in a few IMAX screens because that's how it was shot. So if you're watching it, you have to watch it with the bars on the right and left because it was shot specifically to be on an IMAX screen. Oh, Okay. All right. Still stellar well, movie though.
3: Well, it's on my Christmas list. So I'm hoping Santa brings me a copy. <laughs> I
1: <Right. laughs> <laughs> need to watch that now.
3: Right. Well, I wanted to, but I, I didn't want to have to sign up for HBO max to watch. it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it is four <laughs> hours long. Yes, but I have watched it. I watched it once the, the, you know, when the weekend that it came out, I watched it a second time because there's a variable in a black and white version called Justice is Gray. I watched it that and I watched it over the weekend to prepare for this and watched it in color again. And I think the color is the stellar one because I really like the way that Zack Snyder is shoots his color. We talk, he comes from like a kind of a graphic design background. You can really tell with this movie
3: all right cool all right so um now it's my turn right because i got it right this time okay so uh um there was um three of my favorite artists all put out records in the last year i already mentioned toramos um iron maiden was one of them and uh this band i've been a fan of since their very first record that i found used in a record store the record and tape outlet in tri county mm-hmm. um I walked in there. I think, John, I think you actually might have been with me.
4: You were shopping with me, yes.
3: Yes. And I, and it was playing in the in the store, and I was like, what in the hell is this? And so it's uh, Dream Theater, and it's the most recent record, A View from the Top of the World. Now, uh, I love this damn record. Um, it's since one of the founding members left uh, a few years ago, Mike Portnoy left, uh, there's been a lot of, of his fanboys that kind of left the fan the, the the fandom and there's been the kind of up and down with some of the records. I think it's the best record they've made since he's left. It's also the best record they've made since probably the early 2000s. It's melodic, it's heavy, uh it's over an hour and 10 minutes long. It 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 tells wonderful stories. The musicianship is top notch as always and I just can't get enough of it even though it was only released um, at the end of the year. It still made my Spotify uh, top five listened to records. Um, that's how much I listened to it when it came out. It is so good. And I'm thrilled. I love the artwork on the jacket of the artwork on the records. Um, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful record and uh, haters be damned. I love this album. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, it's Disney John.
2: All right. So staying in that board game arena area, um, <laughs> This was my number two, and uh, Dayton, you know it well. Yes, it's a uh, it's Fantasy Realms. Um, <laughs> we played a crap ton of this at a con this year. Um, it was like, oh, let's go play this game, but let's play a quick hand of Fantasy Realms first. Right? It is a it's an engine building um, hand builder, and it's basic. You just draw a couple cards, and you try and make your cards score you as many points as possible. And um, Dayton kept kicking my butt like every time. <laughs> I mean, like, and not by a little, like. I got a hundred points. Dayton's like, "Mm, that's that's sweet. I've got two hundred eighty. I'm just like, okay, okay, thank you, I appreciate that. But I I don't mind because Dayton usually loses at everything else. Yes, I do. the One game. So, (laughs) but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a really inexpensive game. It's really easy to teach. It's so much fun. You can play it from two players to six players. Um, I highly recommend going out and getting it. It's around twenty bucks. You can find it on Amazon.
3: Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun, man. We just kept it's like every day i think we play like two or three times you know before we Easily. play something else yeah it was it's i love the the artwork on the cards is cool yep. um and it's not hard to learn and the funny part is it's like you draw the cards and you're you know like i'm gonna do this and then you draw a different card oh wait i'm gonna do this instead and it it's it, you literally have to uh kind of figure it out on as you're going and it could yeah. you know and sometimes you're waiting on and, that one card that never shows up
2: for it <laughs> oh I, I was like, now there's an app that you can score your hands, but you can just type in all the cards into your hand and then oh, it so gives you an auto score. So <laughs> we, we don't have to take 10 minutes to score anymore. We'll have
3: to do that next at uh, the next con for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Sure.
4: <laughs> all right. Uh, John Wright, you're number two. I'm going to have to pull from a supplemental list because, you know, Amber stole my thunder with the Marvel, <laughs> which, was, which is totally fine. Um, this album... Like- this is another one of those reissues, and it um, it just came out. I'm hoping to get it for Christmas, but I've listened to it. I've streamed it quite a few times. It's the 45th anniversary of the Kiss album Destroyer.
3: Yes. <clears throat> I just bought the vinyl. I just bought um, the vinyl.
4: I have had this. I, I have never owned this on vinyl in all the <sighs> Kiss albums that I owned. I never owned it on CD until the remastered version. No, that's not true. Uh, but I think i've owned I've owned like four or five versions of this because they've done the original they've done the remaster right. they've done the revisited and yes. now they've done this and
1: the resurrected yes I have the resurrected too <laughs> yeah that's I it the that resurrected
4: excuse me yes um this is fun for the for the kiss fan from hearing some of the demos the the demo yes. from God of thunder oh my god it sounds <laughs> like the Muppets are singing god of thunder it is it is <laughs> it is tempo. it is the lyrics are different paul talks about you know it's all about making love um it is it's bizarre but it is so cool being a kiss fan and if you are a kiss fan or a casual kiss fan this album still to this day makes up the bulk of their live set
3: yeah yeah, it's I, I was out at a local record store and they had a copy of the new one and I was like yoink, I'm taking this home now. So it's
1: it's is a, it the one with a different cover?
3: No, I have the I have the revisited one has a has a slightly different has a different color tone. This is yeah. the anniversary yeah. one that has all the demos and stuff and has a booklet wow. inside. So tying
4: that yeah tying it back to comics, I believe Kelly Jones was the visual artist for that cover, and never finished it. Really. He ran out of time and was not able to finish the cover. And that's why it is so, that's why they're just on this little pile of rubble. Instead <laughs> <it's,
3: laughs> instead of a lot more destroyed stuff. behind Yes. It. yes yeah. See, now I'm gonna have to go up there and look at that and go, Oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Robert, you're
5: number two. All right. My number two uh, is on oh, time related. Kind of like uh, Amber's was uh, mine's a book though. Uh, uh, it was called putting it together. Uh, by James Lapine, he was the director and co-author of Sunday in the Park with George, with Stephen Sondheim. They did two other shows together, Into the Woods and Passion. Uh, Lapine is still doing stuff on Broadway, but um, I I weirdly, I read it the week that Sondheim passed away. I I got on the library hold list back in spring. It was exciting to know that so many people ahead of me actually wanted to read it, because I don't know how, you know, he's he's revered, but he's not popular, uh, Sondheim. And um, it was a great, great book. partly just for the sentiment of it, of course, but and, and I I felt like I came prepared to really know a lot about the subject matter about that particular show, Sunday in the Park with George, and about Stephen Sondheim, and I learned so much stuff, um, which, wow. which made it really rewarding. Um, it done as an oral history, so Lapine met with pretty much everybody living uh, who was involved with the original version of the show back in the 80s, and uh, not only do you get really fun kind of business side stories Uh, there's a great story that the costume designer talks about how she lies to producers to get to spend the money she wants to spend (laughs) Um, and and it's like apparently just common practice and then then when they interview the producer he's like oh yeah she always lies and we always give her the money (laughs) she she, she does great work you know she knows i know it's a game but uh you know but but then there's also a lot about the creative process they took basically they just just wanted to do a show together Got a bunch of postcards and different things. Smoked some pot and said, "We really like this painting. Let's just write a show. What's happening in this painting?" <laughs> and then they said, "Who's that? Who's this character?" And over a year and some workshops, they came up with the, the idea of the story. Um, and then uh, they didn't have a second act. Uh, it, they moved to Broadway before it had a second act, and so people were walking out of the show, booing, <laughs> um, while the people were singing. Uh, while in the first run, uh, they finally got it together a couple nights. Uh, before opening, the actual official opening night. And um, it later went on, of course, to win the Pulitzer Prize and all kinds of things. is is been videotaped and, and and revived. But a fantastic, fantastic book about both the creative part and the nuts and bolts about theater. And, of course, with Sondheim gone now, any little glimpse we can get into his mind is lovely to see.
3: Very cool. Very cool. I, I love when you get a hold of books that give you um, more than you thought you knew. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that stuff. Absolutely love it. So, okay. Thank you, Robert. All right. Amber, you ready for your number one?
0: I am. Um, You kind of stole my number one. (laughs) 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 Because uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was just the most spectacular experience. And, um, you know, just loved everything about it. So, it's kind of whiplashy. But my number two is now going to be my number one. Um, And it was Mare Beast Town. Um,
4: Oh, oh, that was,
1: man.
0: I want to watch that.
1: That's all my honorable mention. I want to watch
4: that so bad. It is so good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just worship at the feet of Kate Winslet anyway,
3: as, as we all should.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the cat, the entire cast is amazing. It's really well-written. It's really this very real snapshot of this Pennsylvania town, a really compelling murder mystery. Um, amazing characters, amazing performances. Like I just loved it so much. Very cool. Yeah. I, I kept seeing previews for it and I really want to
3: watch it and you know, life gets in the way. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And it really was kind of to Robert's point. It was one of those that I watched week to week. Um, I yeah. didn't binge it.
1: Yeah. And too-
0: it really benefits from watching it that way because you have time to kind of sift through the clues and um, really sit with these characters and think about who they are and who they say they are. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's really nice to just kind of let it sit and marinate a little bit.
3: All right. Very cool. Very cool. So am I the only one that hasn't watched that series? No, right. Well, it's I on HBO Max. Oh, we'll see that. Okay. That's why I can't see. I'll
1: tell you what, that's one that's totally worth the the money. Yep. It absolutely. is absolutely yeah. worth it is it. Totally worth the money. All right, all right, all right, all
2: right. Fine. There's so yeah, much you, on there. I'm yeah, watching yeah. the Big Bang Theory Big Bang Theory again because it's there.
0: <laughs> right? You, you like, got classics. From- you can watch Justice League. You can watch
1: yep. Mare, and then yep. you can cancel. Yeah. Well, okay. Good point. Yeah. They had the old Looney Tunes. Yes.
2: yes.
3: I have those on on DVD. I don't need to stream those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they have all Doctor Who.
3: No. Oh, well, that's that's a that's a can of worms right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right brad number one okay well dayton can back me up on this story um ever since i started working at the video store customers have been jamming this 1984 um film by the overrated david lynch down my throat (laughs) saying what a stellar story it is and how it's better than Star Wars and only true fans know it is. But if you guys would only release the director's cut or right? just release it and it was out of print, whatever. So we finally get in this opus, you know, into to the Sun Coast, And, you know, you stick me and Jeff Johnson in a video store working together. We're obviously not going to get any work done. So we tried <laughs> to watch Dune. We couldn't do it. We couldn't I- do it. I tried on other occasions and tried to get through it and couldn't do it. And then I hear Dennis Villanueva is doing this Dune movie. And because of HBO Max, I give Dune a chance. And wow, is it a stellar, stellar And the
0: sleeper has awakened. (laughs) That
1: film, you don't have to know anything about the book. You don't have to have seen the original film. But I think if you have read the book, and love the original film, you're gonna love this film even more. I was so bummed out because I didn't know that they were doing this in two parts.
0: Me too. I, oh, thought, I thought
1: this was gonna be is. a full on four hour, like extravaganza, one shot, and that's it. So, you know, I thought it was when it started that it was started part one how justice league the snyder cut starts it starts with a part one and you know it goes on i'm like oh they're gonna do it like that huh and then it ends and i'm like no we're just getting started Yeah,
4: and <laughs> it just ends there's no
1: yeah. it just stops and, and the yeah. fact they went all the way with that not even knowing if they were gonna have funding for a second film mm-hmm. that's ballsy man yeah, <laughs> And no. to be able to pull it off in a way that you know, just made it look cool to like one of the nerdiest books of all time. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> no, my number one, Dennis Villeneuve's Dune. I need, I need to see it. I, I remember the, uh, you know, the Lynch's
3: version, which is hard to watch. Um,
1: yep. I think all of his stuff is hard to watch.
3: Well, yeah, but some are good. This one, uh, Dune just wasn't good. I was gonna um, say
0: Robert's gonna have a stroke here in a minute, you guys.
5: <laughs> Although Brad's right, Dune sucks. I don't even think of it as a David Lynch movie, but his other stuff is great. I'm yeah, not- right. Um, and,
3: oh, I agree completely, Robert. Uh I I did listen to the audiobook for Dune, and I gotta admit, I was bored, and I yeah. and I I must I must have just not yeah. been in the right mindset for a week and a half because i just didn't see the big damn deal.
1: Yeah, um, i mean there's a narration in it, but the narration works. I mean, you hear it, there are some things you got to pay attention to, but it's not hard to follow. Yeah. It is made for a general semi-intelligent audience. <laughs> you know, it's 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 what uh you know and the fact that it's i mean i guess you could say it's a remake or just a proper retelling right you know it's not a sequel to anything it's not connected to any universe mcus dc you know marvel so it's it's on its own as a pretty great i'd say you know pretty great movie yeah Yeah. daggone great
2: hbo max also
3: yeah 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 stop with the hbo max crap
1: (laughs) that's how i saw it
3: that's just one more streaming service i don't want to have to pay for okay
1: (laughs) it's worth the money it really is
3: all right okay so uh to me um so my number one i kind of cheated a little bit um after all everybody else was dropping two and three different things at once so (laughs) so my number one Uh, was my family's summer trip to Walt Disney world for the first time in four years. Now you guys Mm -hmm. know I'm a big Disney fan as well as a huge star Wars fan. So getting to go to galaxy's edge for the first time was so wonderful. I, you go through that tunnel and you come out and it's all star Wars, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the theming is wonderful. You can't see the rest of the park from where you're at. So you feel like you were in that universe Uh, I got to, you know, join the resistance and rise of the resistance. I got to fly the Millennium Falcon and smugglers run. I got to make a lightsaber. I got to drink blue milk and I got to talk to Ray and Chewbacca. I was in heaven. So it was so much fun. If you're a Star Wars fan at all, it's, it's a must do trip. Um, even if all you do is go to Hollywood, just to go to that section over and over again, it is so much fun. Smuggler's Run is worth at least twice because the first time you do it, you're uh-huh. totally confused. The second time you do it, you're like, holy crap, I know what I'm doing now. And it's so much better. The animatronics, the theming, the, the photographers are all dressed appropriately. Uh, just the, the food is all themed. It's just It's total immersion that only Disney can do. Uh, and it is so much fun. So my number one was my trip. The Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. So, yay
4: I'm still waiting for my damn lightsaber, Johnson. I kept dropping <laughs> <links> the entire <laughs> the air.
3: Well, I we, we went. I made one. Mandy went in October. She made one. I'm pretty sure she's going to come back with the third one from this last trip. So, we you know, we might be able to make a deal. <laughs> <laughs>
5: back on that, I am not a Star Wars fan, and in fact, my husband had not seen any of the movies, and so right. yeah, I made him watch the first trilogy before we went, and. I loved it. Batu was fantastic. The cast members brought it to life. I I went, went back a second day and just did not want to leave. It was amazing. So Star Wars fans, I'm glad that you all love it, but I I went kind of, kind of on the fence and I thought it was fantastic. One of the best things Disney's done.
3: Yeah. See then that, that speaks volumes right there. And, And I, it's, yeah, it's totally worth it. And I was, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I just didn't want to leave. Yeah. I, it's like, somebody give me a job. I'll just stay over here. You know, that's cool. So, all right. Jealous. Yay. Yes. You should be jealous. You should
2: be. I am. <laughs> my wife's been, I haven't. My wife's been. Oh, The oh my Disneyland God. one. She uh, went to Disneyland with her oh. friend and and yeah.
3: Yeah. We're going to that one in, uh, in July next year. So. Yeah. Just or rub it, it in. in.
5: Florida is <laughs> better. They're similar, but Florida is better than, than California. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay. Right. That's good to know.
2: Yep. I'll tell her that she went to the substandard one. She'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Disney, John, your number All one. All right. So my number one is really no surprise particularly. Well, I know the episode hasn't come out yet, but, um, Lost in space. I won't even j- jerk <laughs> around Lost in yes. space. The final season, it was amazing. It was worth the wait. And, I went back and I rewatched the entire season one, two, just so just for three. I can't recommend it enough. It was such an amazing ending to a series. It was well done. I didn't feel let down at all. It was, I actually like Dr. Smith at the end. Right.
3: Now, I mean, okay. I really did. I haven't finished it yet, but I got to tell you when Will was driving away and he turned on Rush's Tom Sawyer, man, I jumped <laughs> out of the, I jumped off the sofa. I'm like,
2: yes, yes. Right. <laughs> It was like oh my god it was wonderful music. it was so uh,
3: so good yeah it's it's um it's such a good show and i remember watching the old show and mm-hmm. and then i remember watching the movie and kind of uh, forgetting the movie this yeah. is so good on all kinds of levels and man I, I, I love the Robinson family and I would yeah. totally want them to adopt me. That's all there is to it.
2: Absolutely. The number one family. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I remember your family's episode and that is number one TV family for me. Yeah. They are amazing family. And um, yeah, absolutely.
3: I mean, man, I, to be as yeah. just to be, I want to be as smart as Maureen. I really do. Cause God, oh my I mean, God right.
2: Of... <laughs> it's just like, Oh, let me think about this. Let's put that duct tape over here with this. She's right. like the female MacGyver.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, I love that damn show. All right good choice of course I completely agree so there you go all right uh John Wright you're number one
4: uh, okay I should I should have said this earlier that most of my selections are in no particular order it's okay how, I ha- how I'm reading them off the list um <laughs> so it but regardless um this show kind of took me by surprise um' it's a Netflix show midnight Mass
2: oh I've man, i have been told to watch, watch that. that
4: it is the most Stephen King thing Stephen King has never written <laughs>
3: that's a great description okay
4: the premise of it is there's this island community and they never really tell you where it is you're kind of led to believe its mainland. what you the main character comes back to live with his parents after being incarcerated for drunk driving and killing a girl and he's kind of haunted by visions of her and this priest comes to the island to take over the parish where the former priest has gone off on they sent him on a trip to the holy land and he got sick while he was in the holy land and so this young priest comes in and kind of revitalizes the community but you start seeing all these weird things that go on and it leads to there's a vampire within the community Cool. it is is so good and there are so many twists and the characters you expect to make it through do not make it through, and mm. you don't see it coming. It I love when just, that happens. It is so well done. Um, it's left a little open ended at the end, but oh, it's it was like, we stumbled across it right around Halloween, and it was just like the perfect <laughs> time to start watching it. Right, uh, so good.
3: Yeah, I've I've heard I've seen it on. You know, I've seen commercials for it and I'm, I am intrigued and uh, I'm glad to, now I, now it gives me one more reason to try to watch it. And man, my list of things to, to see is just <laughs> way too damn long. Uh, anyway. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. Uh, Robert, you ready to give us the last one?
5: I am. Now, I saved my cheat for the end. Okay. So, good. Just um, like yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 And uh, no, so, so my, my kind of runner up number one. It's only like five minutes long, so I figured it didn't count. But um, <laughs> uh, in this year, I think in media, certainly on te- television, um, Lady Gaga singing anthem at Biden's uh, inauguration was just stunning. Um, right. I don't even like her. I'm not a fan of hers. I, pro- I, I, I like her. I admire her, but I just her wife don't. loves her. Oh yeah. I admire her. I'm always going, that's interesting. And then she opens her mouth and I'm like, oh God, stop. Uh, But (laughs) but, um, she just, it it was the right moment. She did it in such a great way. She made it meaningful and not just words and notes that nobody quite understands. I thought it was fantastic, but that that is not my real number one because it's just a little moment in time for this year. But um, my number one um kind of encapsulates a lot of pop culture and it's a streaming thing it's on youtube you can find it on the web uh called stars in the house um okay. it actually started a year ago um when theaters went dark and movie theaters went dark and all these things just shut down like the whole world oh did. yeah i heard of um, this. oh yeah seth rudetsky and his husband james wesley uh seth rudetsky is kind of the mayor of broadway he is knows everybody knows all the performers he he plays piano, rehearsal piano, he's played in the orchestra pit for lots of Broadway shows, but he's kind of known to everybody. He wanted to give performers something to do. So they started a nightly show, it was on five nights a week, it still is, it's been going on for almost a year and a half now. And they gather together, cast reunions of TV shows, of Broadway shows, they have game nights with these different people. And um, it's really super fun. So like, you, could, if you like love the show Frasier, they had two different Frasier reunions with the whole cast telling stories. Wow! Oh,
1: characters. I love yeah. Frasier. Yes. But,
5: yeah, well, a bunch of different TV shows, lots of Broadway, of course, because they're based in New York. But the nicest part of it is it's not just entertaining and it absolutely is entertaining. But um, they bring in... Uh, Dr. Lapook from CBS comes in each episode and talks for five or 10 minutes about what's going on with COVID and with, with the responses, and what we should be doing. But they also raise money for the Actors Fund. Um, oh, cool. Every episode and, and just not too long ago, uh, over the summer, they'd raised over $1 million in donations from people watching the show. Um, and I didn't know what Actors Fund was. I thought it was you know, for the actors. But the Actors Fund is a charity that is for anybody in the performing arts uh, and in front of house or back of house. So ticket takers, ushers, carpenters in theaters, or on films, uh, not just Broadway and Hollywood, but but regional theaters, community uh, schools can get involved, community playhouses. They have money that they can give out so people can make their rent or you know, yeah. these performers, these singers, actors, dancers the you know, ushers in the theaters, uh, stagehands who are not working and have not been working for over a year can reach out and get help uh, when they need it. So it's a very entertaining show. They touch on all kinds of different uh, things, mainly mainly Broadway, but they've done television and film too. Uh, but uh, And so and you can find it on YouTube. And if you want to make a donation to Actors Fund, it is for a great cause.
3: That's really, really cool. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm going to have to check that out now.
5: It's fun. They have now over like 300 episodes. So you're bound to find something you'll like. (laughs)
3: That's a a lot of choices. Wow. (laughs) All right. Well guys, this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm so glad we, we did have a few overlaps, uh, but um, I was looking forward to a nice diverse list and we definitely got that. So I definitely want to thank Amber, Robert, Brad, Disney, John and John Wright for joining me and doing this kind of a recap of 2021, uh, thanks to all of you. Thanks thank for you. Too. Us. My thank pleasure. You. And uh, so, real quick, I just want to thank uh, listeners as well, um, because if it wasn't for you, it would just be a bunch of people talking to each other over Zoom calls, and that's a little weird at some point. Um, and but it's 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 nice to know that uh, what we talk about does go out to people, and there's actually people that are interested in what we have to say. And it means a lot to me uh, and it means a lot to the people that come on the show. And it's, it's wonderful. It's nice to share ideas and discussions and have people listen. And if you want to have a discussion with us as well, you can reach out on uh, both Facebook, Twitter, you can send us an email and let us know what you think. Um, tell us what your top, you know, things were from 2021 uh were any of them the same ones we had on our list so reach out let us know what we're how we're doing and uh let us know what you've been watching and listening to and and reading and and even the board games you've been playing like uh like disney john over there (laughs) so but uh anyway uh thanks to everybody for being on thanks for everybody for listening and like i always like to say at this point when it comes down to listening to your favorite music, watching your favorite movies, physical media is better than streaming. Thank you for listening. This has been the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at DockingBay77Podcast. Or you can send us an email, dockybay 77 podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.